welcome back to the Funky Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again. I can't believe it's been a whole year since I've done the podcast. Uh, I never really intended to take this long of a break. Uh, For those of you who maybe were expecting another episode sooner, I do apologize. But, uh, you know, just took some time off. Um, I ended up taking a seven-week-long, I guess you'd call it kind of a road trip. I'd call it an overlanding trip. If you're into that kind of stuff, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, My girlfriend and I and our two dogs went out west for about, I think it was 52 days in total, 10,000 miles. Uh, Did as much camping and exploring and whatnot as possible out in uh, Utah, Oregon, Washington. Saw some friends along the way. It was an amazing time. Uh, For those of you who have the ability to travel, I highly suggest you do as much of it as you can while you still can. Uh, But anyway, I digress. Um, Since I've been back in Birmingham from that road trip, uh, I've just been playing music around Birmingham, trying to get, you know, reconnected with all the the great musicians in the Birmingham area. Been playing with Beck Hall, Jason Grubbs. Um, I was lucky enough to play... uh, what we call Barnaby Rudge. Uh, it's kind of a, a new band idea of mine that Barnaby Rudge is supposed to be kind of like uh, an evolution of festival expressions, but sort of in the vein or tradition of Steely Dan or something like that. Something that's a little bit open-ended. Josh and I, Josh Wiseman, the drummer from Festival Expressions, uh, we really want to continue playing music. He's living in Oregon currently. You know, we're exchanging ideas and kind of working on things behind the scenes, so to speak. But it's been a while now, and uh, we're very eager to get some new projects started. So, uh, you know, I've got what I'm calling the Ransom Band as kind of my side project. And that's, for the most part, just solo and original ideas of mine that I'm working on. Uh, But Barnaby Rudge, we got the chance to do a show at uh, Workplay Theater, December 23rd of this last year. And in my opinion, it was it was a blast. Uh, I had a great time. Unbelievably, we actually didn't even have a chance to rehearse for that show, as stressful as you can imagine that being. Uh, but it was a great time. Will Cash, uh, the horn section from Tragic City, Justin Sledge, the drummer from Little Rain Band sat in. Josh Wiseman also sat in on drums. Um, we had Beck Hall on bass, also uh, Marcus O'Neill. He was kind of the house bass player from Festival Expressions for most of the night. Uh, just uh, tons of people involved. Taylor Honeycutt, Daniel Rain, Davis Little, Jason Grubbs, if I didn't say so already, uh, Martin Castor on keyboards from Tragic City. I mean, just a all-star lineup of Birmingham's best. Uh, just played, you know, a batch of great cover songs, Joe Cocker, Grateful Dead, stuff like that. Um, and it was a blast, you know, so I'm, we're, we're trying to get more stuff like that going on. I don't know what Barnaby Rudge is going to turn into exactly. We kind of build it as a Birmingham super group. But, uh, like I said, I, I sort of envisioned it as Josh and I wanted to continue some new version of festival expressions and Barnaby Rudge, uh, could sort of encompass that. I hope, uh, but leave it open-ended enough for some experimentation and being able to play with some other people. So we'll see how things go. Um, I've rambled on long enough about that. Uh, 
anyway, it's great to be back in Birmingham. Um, wait, I might have some plans to uh, join Josh in Oregon later this year, but that's a whole nother discussion. If so, obviously I wouldn't be leaving Birmingham. I'd be having regular visits back, um, mainly the people of this town. It just makes it impossible to ever leave. So uh, anyway, uh, like I said, got a new a lot of new ideas, one of which we actually will cash. He's today's guest. Um, he plays with me on one new idea of mine that I'm calling Risky Wheel at the moment, or Risky Wheels. Uh, <laughs> still takes forever to decide a final name. Um, so that's kind of fun. Uh, I, I hope you can kind of start to get more of a taste of, uh, kind of the original goal of this podcast to really get into the world of the musicians and hear more of, you know, when there's a new idea, you hear it when it's new, you hear it when it's played live with other people, and then you hear the, you know, maybe the final version on an album. Um, so you get to kind of go along for the whole ride and it's just a new way to access music. You know, people are streaming it and stuff for free anyways uh you know a lot of people pay for their music sure but i feel like it's just uh i don't know i'm trying new stuff you know like i said uh i've actually started a youtube channel if you're interested you can subscribe to my youtube channel i just did it as my own name ransom pewitt for right now uh i've started uploading a couple of the barnaby rudge videos from workplay also some past festival expressions videos if you're interested in some of the uh the live Festival Expressions performances that we have sort of an archive of. Um, I'm going to start doing like a once a week upload of that, along with hopefully the podcast will be up on YouTube before long and figuring out the best way to get the audio versions up and then hopefully start doing video in addition in the near future so that we could just do these live and on site and maybe even do a live podcast while at shows as a way for people to tune in who can't attend the shows that night. So anyway, like I said, a lot of new ideas. I'm just trying stuff out. Uh, ever since Festival Expressions, I've you know obviously had a lot of time to uh, kind of experiment, so that's what I'm trying to do. So today's guest, I'm so sorry to ramble on. This intro is way too damn long. Uh, today's guest, Will Cash, unbelievable guitar player from Birmingham, Alabama. Um, he plays in Tragic City, is their main original band, but Black Jacket Symphony is also his, uh, I wouldn't even call it a side gig, I mean, it's huge. Uh, they cover albums at a time, and uh, just unbelievable level of musicians in that group. They're all very, very talented, and go all over the Southwest and beyond, or Southeast, I'm sorry, and beyond. Uh, they're becoming really a national act. Uh, and Will Cash is their lead guitar player, basically. Uh, he's an amazing guitar player. He's also a guitar instructor. He teaches a lot of people how to play. Plays in Eat a Peach. It's a, another band called uh, called Eat a Peach, like I said. Uh, it's an Allman Brothers cover band. And they're great as well. You know, he's just a killer musician. He plays around town with everybody. Uh, couldn't be a nicer guy. I mean, this is exactly the kind of musician that you want to know if you are a musician because he's, you know, great attitude and so technically proficient. It's, it's great. He will blow you away at any show. Uh, so yeah, check out his band Tragic City. As you'll hear in the interview, his, uh, their, their new album they're working on now will be coming out approximately March. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and lastly, as you can tell from this ridiculously long, hopefully not too boring intro, 
I'm a little rusty at this. It's been a goddamn year since I've done a podcast. Um, so, you know, I'm just trying it out again, and I hope it's good, but I'm going uh, to cut this intro short now, and I really hope that you enjoy this episode. I got a lot more coming on the way, so please enjoy. This is my talk with Will Cash. It's a podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Well, hello. Let me get off my phone. Oh, you're good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. Yeah, man. It's good to be with you. Uh, I tried to try not say too much right when I first see you because it's always like you don't want to make the conversation stale when it actually starts up. You right. Know? Yeah. So, but yeah, good to see you. Yeah. Uh, I did. Uh, one of the things I was kind of eager to ask you about is, well, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. For people who don't know, Will Cash, uh, Birmingham musician, but a lot more than that um what would you say your main gigs are i mean obviously like black jacket tragic symphony or <laughs> yeah Pla- tragic city can't talk today yeah definitely tragic city uh still doing the eat a peach almond brothers tribute thing quite a bit yeah. uh and then black jacket symphony is definitely rolling right now for sure nice yeah and then you know uh, i still yeah. play with Stephen mccullough every once in a while you know glad to do show with you <laughs> Whenever we can, you know. Hell yeah. Yeah, Black Jacket. You guys, didn't you just go on some kind of short tour with those guys? Yeah. That was, saw some pictures from that. It looked like you played at some pretty uh, yeah, epic theaters. Yeah, the Tennessee Theater was definitely the Tennessee most theater. beautiful wow. place oh, I've played awesome. to this day. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got another one coming up this week where we go to Virginia Beach, Roanoke, Virginia, and then oh, Ma- wow. Macon, Georgia. Nice. Which, being a big Almond Brothers Hell fan, yeah. that's a good spot to go. That's all- so. What tour? What like music? Uh, we're doing. Are you guys doing Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I want to see that. Are you- did you already do the Birmingham show? I we guess? did. We did the Birmingham I show I in heard November. About it, but I missed it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if it was coming back. It might come back around. You just never know. You know, it just depends on the demand yeah. for it. So who's in the line? Is is Taylor Honeycutt in the lineup Absolutely. for the Tom Petty yeah. thing? Okay. All right, mm-hmm. cool. I didn't know if they'd change up, because I know she was kind of one of the featured people for uh, Fleetwood Mac. She is. You know? Most definitely is. Uh, she could be featured on just about any yeah, <laughs> arrangement. You, you know, know uh, Tom wrote that song for Stevie Nicks. Uh Oh, what's the name of that song? I knew this was, would happen. I'd start to talk about a song, and I can't yeah. remember. Uh, Stop Dragging My Heart Around. my phone around with me. Yeah, Stop Dragging My Heart Around, mm, and it's a mm-hmm. great song. And yeah. Tom and Stevie do a duet, and uh, that's like one of the big encore songs of the night. And, man, so Taylor basically yeah. sings harmony all night. And then for the encore, just steps out there and crushes yeah. it. Yeah, the, the crowd just goes nuts for it every that's time. That's awesome. Yeah, I bet that's got to be cool doing like kind of that professional level touring. Yeah, what I would call a real gig. You know? Oh no, it it is. You know, and and they've it didn't start that way. Right. You know, Black Jackets worked really hard. You know, it's been yeah. a decade now that they've been. Grinding yeah. the pavement and it's been built up a lot. I mean, it's up to there's over like thirty thousand fans on Facebook and yeah, it's 
it's a big thing now. Yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, it used to only be a few markets. Yeah, you know, and now I mean, there's a tour going out to Vegas next month. And really, one going to Miami. Wow. You know, yeah, we're going to That's Virginia crazy. Beach this week. You know, so I mean, what's the plan for it? Is it just kind of see what happens, or like, do you guys have a goal for it? I mean, I I don't I. I don't really yeah. know. I guess the the goal is to just keep paying tribute to all this great right. music that was written, you know. Uh, but as far as like management goal, I'm not real sure. Right. Yeah. I just play the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of what's cool about it. Like you said, it's like paying tribute, you know, sort of uh, continuing, continuing the tradition of certain things. I guess I don't know. Yeah. It's, I really like it. It's kind of a. I guess it's sort of hard to say what the goal is for something like that because it's just kind of this engine that just keeps, you yeah. know, you put stuff into it and see what you get out and it just keeps going. Right. And, you know, I'm like, let's see what Pink Floyd sounds like. Let's see what Tom Petty sounds like. And yeah. Just Zeppelin. You shove it in and then you know. it works. Yeah. Has, uh, has Taylor done any Zeppelin? Like with Blackjack? Not I mean, that does I she, know of. Because that would be interesting to have her singing some of the, uh, I know the... Uh, Tranastasio band, I remember they covered a couple of Zeppelin songs and had his background singer, who's a female, doing the lead vocal on them. And it was, it was oh, an man, interesting is it that, take is on it. Is it that girl that also plays, like, sax? I think so, yeah. I think her name's she Jennifer played at, Hardwick. Uh, I think it was The Hangout. She's like, a beast, man. 2013 or something like that, I want to say, Tranastasio band. And it was awesome. It was I'd never heard a cover like that, other than that... Uh, uh, Battle of Evermore with oh, yeah. uh, Heart. Is that yeah. who did it? Yeah. Uh -huh. That was awesome. That was awesome. For people who haven't heard that, look up that uh, Battle of Evermore by Heart. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, there's a live version, especially. That's, there's a bunch of them that are really good. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so Tragic City. Yeah. Uh, I did want to ask you about that. I saw you guys hit your goal for uh, the Kickstarter project. Congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you. So have y'all already started? On recording or oh, yeah. tracking? or Yeah, we, we finished the tracking, uh, I guess, back in November, and we ran out of money. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, you know, it's just easy to do. Yeah. Uh, especially with a seven-piece band. Were you recording anywhere in particular? Or? Yeah, we've been recording at uh, Old Elegante Studios with Lester okay. Newby over in Homewood. Nice. Yeah. All right. Same place Little Rain Band did their thing. Um Chad Fisher recorded with him for the Heath Green record some time ago, you know. Okay. I think Taylor's doing her record there. Really? It's either hers or Ryan Saab. I can't remember, but... Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Is that uh, the same people that Little Rain Man are working with currently? I know uh, they're in the middle yep. of redoing a lot of stuff for their album. and getting, yep. uh, Same I place. I talking with Daniel about that. Same place, yeah. Awesome. So I gotta check that out. I've never been there. Yeah, it's a cool. I've never room. seen the room or anything. Yeah, is it just like a one main setup, or is there? Well, it's 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 interesting. It's like a big open room, um, you know. Unless it's got a ton of different amplifiers and you know a drum set if you want to use it. Right. Obviously, you know. I mean, like most studios, um, it's got all kinds of equipment, and then a control room that's like on the other side of it, you know. Yeah, we had three days of mixing this week. So for all those people that contributed to our Kickstarter, we are working on it. <laughs> we are working on it. We did not just 
pocket the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah, so hopefully our final mixing day will be Monday. And if we can't get it done Monday, we'll probably have it done at some point next week. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Final. So you're almost done with it. Absolutely. Awesome. Are yeah. you going to take it somewhere else to get it mastered, or do they do the mastering too? Uh, Les has a very good friend that does it. Uh, we might use him. We're kind of still shopping around for that. Mm-hmm. You know. I know we used uh, Audio State 55, mm. um, the UAB... Yeah, kind of connection place with yeah. uh, James Bevel. Yeah, James. James he was is the awesome. one who did it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it yeah really affordable but super professional and you know doesn't rush it but it's quick does a really good job. No, he's great, man. I had some recording technology classes with him at UAB and he's yeah. Did you ever meet Doctor Panyon? Yeah, Doctor Panyon yeah. was my teacher for. Computer music one and three. Awesome. Yeah. My uh, my grandfather introduced me to him actually because they knew each other and you know he was telling me about this music teacher at UAB that I should meet and I was yeah. thinking like eh, I don't I don't know if that's the kind of music necessarily and then he started telling me about him and it was like oh wow that's he's worked with Stevie Wonder I know he's serious the orchestra like yeah. he's totally legit he was I talked to him we had one really good conversation uh, really interesting guy. Seriously, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's cool how he opened. Uh, wasn't he the one who opened Audio State and mm-hmm. kind of got that going for the university? I mean, there really wasn't much else in Birmingham at the time. No, yeah, and he uh, he helped get the recording studio on UAB's campus back up and running as well. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But no, he's a great guy. Yeah, uh, and he would be out in Hawaii, like with Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah, and. Like Skype in for class from Hawaii, and we're just kind of like, really, man, <laughs> really. Like, oh man, what a trip! What, rub it in, yeah. why don't you? You know, do we just? Why can't we just not have class today? Yeah, you know, go be in Hawaii. Or maybe do a uh, do like a session at his house. You know, right? Visit. Yeah, like uh, Victor Wooten does that apparently. Really, I just saw. Yeah, he uh, he was telling a story at one of these seminars where. Uh, he does these courses like a camp, uh, and there was some kind of. Oh major... yeah, I've heard about his camps. Yeah, for I, sure. I really want to attend one one year. Yeah. It sounds awesome. They're a little expensive, but it's pretty intensive, and uh, they're actually music slash nature camps. Yep. So it's, yep. as soon as I saw the title, it was like I'm hooked because I'm I love the outdoors and yeah, it's right up your alley, man. Camping, I would do. <laughs> yeah. You know? uh, uh, my friend, local musician Bob Marston, actually attended one of those. Really? Yeah. It's up in, it's right outside of Nashville, right? I'm not sure if it's there or if it's right outside of Asheville. Oh, like okay. In the North Carolina yeah. sector, so. But good experience. Look I it guess. up. Yeah. Look it up. Yeah, he had a great time. He had a great time and awesome. just talked about uh, how humble everyone was and you know just. All the things that I enjoy about music—that it's not about your ego or how yeah. awesome you are—you know, it's about. Realizing that everybody's at different stages and different phases in their playing throughout mm-hmm. their life. Yeah. You know, and... It's all about the expression you, getting funneled into that. Right, you know? and it's about finding your inner creativity, you know, because, I mean, in the beginning, we're all trying to, like, steal licks from Hendrix and Clapton, yeah. and, you know, but at some point, yeah. you want to become your own player. Exactly. And, like, The impersonator play. becomes the artist. Right, play what's in your head, and I feel like that's what Vic's camp was was about. Yeah, you know, 
from what he told me about. And I've also read Victor's book, which everybody should The Music get. Lesson? Yeah. I love that lesson. book. Great book. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it seems to be loosely based on A Separate Reality by Carlos Castaneda. Mm. Um, really good book as well. It's kind of about like this Mexican shaman that this, the, the author, Carlos Castaneda, it's, he writes it as if it's a true story, but it, he never claims that, you know, it's not really true. It's fictional. Uh, but it's the same concept as a music le- or the music lesson, okay. where it's it doesn't matter if it's true or not. It makes you think about the right things, and that's the point, you know. Right. Um, yeah. But I loved how he did that because I immediately saw these parallels with that book, and it was like, what a great way to teach people music because that's really what it is: is that it's the way you think about it that matters, not just repeating stuff with your fingers. You know? Sure. Yeah. So when's the when's the Tragic City record come out? Uh, I wish I could tell you. Yeah? You know? Uh, yeah, it's just, right now it's just basically when we can get, you know, X, Y, and Z accomplished, you know? I mean, right. we'll, you know, we're kind of going in, in the, the normal stages that most people do. Um, we'll hopefully be done mixing this coming week, and mastering will come next, and then we'll get the artwork together, and... So ho- hopefully, mid March yeah. is what we're looking at. Okay, that's so. not far off at all. Mm-mm. Awesome. I mean, yeah, mid March will be here before. Oh, and are you, you doing? Know it. Uh, is it all digital, or you gonna have CDs, vinyls? Uh, probably not doing vinyls on yeah. the first run, but yeah. yeah, we'll have digital and CDs. It's kind of hard to guess how many people really want a vinyl. Right. Everyone loves the idea of it and wants to go. Oh, cool! When they see it, but, right? You know, it's ends up being like 30 bucks or something like that for a right. vinyl most of the time. Yeah. So it's, I think the best way to do it is if you have a vinyl that has a uh, either a CD or the MP3 card or something that comes with it, you know. So right, it's, yeah. you pay the extra amount, but you get both. Sure. You know. Yeah, so you get the digital download yeah. and stuff with it. Yeah. But it'll be on iTunes and everything? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. How and why did you end up in Birmingham? Uh, or if you started in Birmingham... Why are you still here? What do you like about it? Uh. Yeah, um, I'm I'm from Birmingham, born and raised. Didn't you go to Vestavia High School? No, I went to Shades Valley High oh, okay. School. Yeah. but I grew up in Cobb Heights, which was later annexed into Vestavia. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I grew up here, it was unincorporated Jefferson County, and that's why I went to Shades Valley. But my okay, sister, yeah. who grew up here six, seven years later, did go to Vestavia. You know? Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, you know, then I lived in Auburn for a while, uh, played music, toured around, kind of fell out of love with what I was studying in school. I was actually studying clinical psychology hmm. at the time. <laughs> and I didn't want to go the whole nine years of, like, the Ph.D. program. Oh, man, you yeah. Because, I mean, that's what you... Have to do right. if you're gonna. So you were gonna be a psychologist? Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. Really? Yeah. What made you want to do that? Man, I just really loved talking to people. Well, that's convenient for me right now. Listening, <laughs> you know, just trying to help people with their problems. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I wanted to do that, and then I, when I say I fell out of love with it, I, I fell out of love with the idea of sitting around and listening to people's problems all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, 
and I fell more in love with music. Understandable. Uh, so I moved back here to go to music school. It's interesting. It's kind of like a different version of therapy, if you think about it. Absolutely. You know, you're yeah. not as much of the listening, but you're still there for people and can offer some condolence or, you know, right. something to help. Right. Yeah. Know, music kind of helps everyone. It's applicational. That's right. For sure. Yeah. yeah, music is definitely therapeutic. Yeah. Well, cool. So, yeah, why... Uh, so you played around, and how would you say? Because I've done a lot of thinking about this. How would you, how would you describe Birmingham's music scene and why you're still here? You know, a lot of smaller towns like Birmingham, people are just ready to get out, basically, and try to, you know, go to the big city. Yeah, you know, um, I guess I was fortunate <clears throat> to travel enough and kind of see what it's like. In, in Nashville, mm -hmm. you know. Atlanta. I, you know, and, and not even really Atlanta. I've got a lot of friends that play over in Atlanta, and I love Atlanta. You know, Atlanta's like my second home. Really? Yeah, that's where my wife's from, and all oh, her okay. family yeah, lives there. Yeah, you mentioned there. you went there for Christmas, so. Yeah. Um, but when I think of people, like, you know, going for broke, I think of them going to Nashville. Yeah. Or New York, or L.A. Yeah. And... Most of the people I know that have done that, they wind up hating it, you know. And mm -hmm. I say most. There's some people that have yeah, done it successfully. Yeah, there's obviously. And, you know, anyway, I don't know. Birmingham's just always felt like home, and I've always really enjoyed the music scene here and the people that are here. And, you know, I don't like the cold. So yeah. I'm definitely not moving farther north. Yeah, uh, you know it's just a, it's it's a really centralized location. Yeah, it kind of makes you feel stuck when it's like, well, I don't like the cold, but I don't want to live in Florida. Guess I'll stay in Birmingham. Right, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's 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 close enough to everything that we need. You know, I used to travel what we called the 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 triangle. You know, Nashville, Atlanta, Birmingham uh -huh. is like real. Close in proximity, yeah. if you think about oh, it. Definitely. It's like two and a half hours to Atlanta, yeah. three hours to Nashville. There's smaller like, towns in between. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, Huntsville, right there yeah. on the way, you know. But uh, I don't know. It, it, it's just always felt good. I agree. You know, It's got a weird, uh, for a city that I've never once heard been talked about for being a music city, uh, it gets a lot of credit, especially in recent years, for being a food city. Um, and crime and other things, you know. But yeah, the music scene, unfortunately, crime. Yeah, yeah, it's that's weird. Uh, that's almost more of a zoning problem than anything. But anyway, that's yeah. that's a the food thing is serious. Much longer though. discussion. So much uh, good food. Here. Yeah, ridiculously good food, but ridiculously good musicians too. Like we were just talking about uh, before we started. Uh, I was just at Little Italy's the open mic night. Daniel uh, <laughs> Daniel Rain and Taylor Honeycutt host it. And it's the quality of musicians that are at any given spot on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night in Birmingham blows you away. Yeah. I mean, the there was Jason Grubbs with the Regals at uh, Innisfree mm -hmm. on Tuesday night. Yeah, they do their thing there. I mean, they're like a... Like perfect, you know, you got like a jet engine on the drums. Oh with, yeah, uh, is that leaf, leaf and, on the yeah, drums? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Eric on bass and just a killer band. The guy uh, Brian, I think, Little Memphis. Yeah. On keyboards. Yeah, Brian Less. Unbelievable keyboard player. Yeah. I mean, just not even, didn't look down once and just killing it. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, it, it'll blow you away if you just kind of stumble into the right place. I mean, yeah, it's I've got really mixed emotions about Birmingham. As I told you, Amanda and I are kind of considering Oregon potentially to uh, try to follow up with some projects with Josh, yeah. you know, the old drummer. Yeah. Uh, the old drummer. <laughs> the old drummer. <laughs> the old wise man. Yeah, the old wise man. <laughs> but... Uh, but it's it, it's really hard to it wouldn't be permanent even if we did go you know it'd be uh, right yeah. maybe a year to three years with regular trips back obviously you know I would make sure to have shows booked you know every few months and stuff and because uh, I like the traveling in between anyways you know it gives you an excuse to drive through Utah and Colorado every time you have to right. plan a trip so uh, but point being. There's a lot of cool places, but there's something that's just kind of hard to leave about Birmingham. When yeah, you're it, the music scene, especially for me, you know, in right. my opinion, there's good food a lot of places, but there's not always good musicians that also happen to be great people. You know, yeah. it's it's just a big love fest at the end of every night. Like any gig that I play, you know, it doesn't matter who's there. Just at the end of the night, it's all hugs and. You know, everyone's, you know, it just feels like a big group of best friends. Yeah. It's great. And it really depends, like, what your motivation is. Like, for right. me, I've never really been motivated to, you know, try and be the best guitar player in the world. Yeah. Or I've, I've never been motivated by money, you right. know. And I feel like a lot of people are motivated. cities different. You know, the people who well, yeah. are motivated to do... Certain thing, you know, they all it changes the culture because it, you know, we're like, I guess what I'm trying to say is if Birmingham, the majority of the musicians, if they're good enough to leave, basically, if they're still here, it's because they care more about the music than other opportunities, whether they should leave or not. You, you know? know, and that's that's a possibility for sure. Um, kind of like Neil Young, you know, everyone always expected him to do more. And he just, he never yeah. wanted to. He didn't want to live up to other people's expectations. Right, He's, and that's, that's what I was going to say for me. It's like, you know, anytime I thought about leaving years ago or doing thing, I didn't need to leave. Yeah. I've got great musicians here to play with. Yeah, especially now. I mean, like Black Jacket and Tragic City, I mean, those two projects alone, That'd be hard to walk away from, you know, unless well, you're talking sure. about just going on tour, obviously. Yeah, no, I mean, and I've been a part of Black Jacket for eight years yeah. now, and uh, man, just they, they got some incredible musicians that that do that right. thing, and you know, it's it's a big family, you know. In Tragic City, it's just the name is in of itself, yeah. like it's just yeah. tragic how it came together. It's it, crazy, yeah. like we're all from UAB School of Music. From weird different points, right? Know? Yeah. So how did what? What was the story behind that? I don't really know that. You know, I, how I did think y'all come together. Just so it's it's weird. Tommy and I went to music school together in an era like 2009, 2010, uh-huh. and Tommy took a really long time, and so he also <laughs> wound up going to music school with Martin and CJ. Yeah, Martin Caster. Yeah, okay. for a minute. You know, and I, I take that back. Chris Anderson, our trombone player, was there with me okay. uh, for a minute. And then the only guy that w- wasn't in there was our original drummer, Jordan Miller, uh, but was also Martin's best friend. Mm. So that's how he kind of came in the picture. And okay. I was I was late. They were just doing these pickup gigs at Ona's. 
Yeah. You know, kind of like what right. what we were talking about with the Taylor thing, you know, every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it got to like where it was every Wednesday. And, you know, then we moved into, you know, different slots and they just, I think they had another guitar player first and then I started doing the gig with them. Yeah. And one day we were like, man, like, screw playing all this jazz all the time. Like, <laughs> let's do some original stuff. Yeah. Like, let's get funky. Like, let's, you know, play stuff that makes you move your feet. That's awesome. You know, and I love it, man. Yeah. And then we, you know, Jordan had to move away for his job, you know, which we hated that. But we found our current drummer, Trent, on a Craigslist ad. Really? Thanks to Raquel Lilly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's funny how things work out. Isn't it? Isn't it there? Yeah. That's awesome. And he's the, he's, how long has he been the drummer for? Almost a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And he's, so he's all on this current album about to come out, I yep, guess. Yep, yep. He tracked the whole thing with us. Yep. Very cool. Well, awesome. Yeah, Tragic City, I, you guys are, it seems like you probably have to turn people away as far as asking everybody wants, like, can we get Will Cash in the horn section? For me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it, it's it's awesome, though. I, always, I love it when, uh, like you said, you played with Winston Ramble. Wasn't the, the it, horns and everybody there, too? Uh, no, it was just Tommy. But yeah, Tommy, oh, just Tommy okay. played. Yeah, that was, a, that was a cool kind of Winston Ramble kind of family affair. Davis Little played lap steel and... Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Rain was there on keys. Yeah, and, and you said early James opened, right? Early James opened, yeah. Yeah, like that's my, the, my, my If you do not know new, early James, yeah. listen to early James. My favorite new local songwriter, man. That guy's, he's got it going on. He's awesome. Yeah. It's like some, I hate saying combinations, but, you know, he's a combination of a lot of good people. I, yeah. I really like his style. And a surprisingly good guitar player for someone with that good of a voice. Yeah. You know, it's rare. You get both. So. Yeah. I'm sure he'll appreciate you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I told him that. Yeah. I, he was there uh, Wednesday at Little Italy's, and it was, I was almost more impressed by his guitar playing because he's so on point and tight with the rhythm, even though he's doing those, you know, just kind of off licks. That yeah. It's, it's hard if you don't know, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure if great. he uses a pick. I think he does it all. Like I think, yeah, I don't, I don't remember seeing a pick. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's part of what I liked about it. It was just very straightforward, like it's hard to fake that, you know, it's just singing and playing. Yeah. And it sounds awesome. Yeah, he's you know, I, I love it when I see just naturally gifted people, you know, because it excites me. I'm yeah. like, man, that's that guy's been blessed with something. Yeah. You know. It really does. You know, it's exciting. Yeah. It does. Yeah. There's something like uh like we said earlier, therapeutic. Both yeah. for the musician and the people in the audience, you know. Yeah. Like especially musicians watching other musicians play, you know. Yeah. It's, it's uh, it, it know, really you, is exciting. Yourself included, you write songs with words, but mm-hmm. I, I've never been able to write words. So really? when I see someone else do it, it's just like, man, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, good <laughs> yeah. for y'all. Glad y'all can do I'm that. I'm sure you could. I mean, you you do a lot of composing and. Yeah, but it's all more based around just musical arrangements, right? You know, because that's I that's kind of what I hear. That's that's what I hear in my head, right? You know, I don't, I yeah. just don't do I the mean, words. You're certainly thing. more, uh, yeah, technically literate and proficient in that way. Probably the the years I spent writing, you were definitely going that much further in the theory and, uh, you know, yeah, maybe so. stuff like that. 
thanks to my best friend Aaron Branson, we've just always nerded out about theory. Yeah, and theory's just always been fun and super nerdy. Yeah, you know, just in the last couple of years, I've gotten more interested in it. I always was one of the nah, I'd, you know, taught myself, learned by ear, like that kind of thing. But at some point, it's like there's no reason to be proud or ashamed of that. You know, it's that yeah, learn as much as you can, regardless. Yeah, and it it only makes it more fun and. The last few years of incorporating theory into it has only broadened my horizon of music, and you know it makes things that used to seem like work are actually fun now. Right, and and it this kind of thing always seems to happen. So I've been a teacher at Bailey Brothers Music Company for eight years now, and uh, I can't tell you how many people come in and they're like, "Man, I'm self-taught," and they're good. Yeah, like they can play, but they don't know what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've had was me. so many people come <laughs> yep. in and they're like, just tell me what I'm doing, you know, and yeah. tell me why this is working and all this stuff. You know, so at some point, right. the theory bug hits just about everyone. Right, yeah. You know, where Especially they, when you start playing with other people, just because you realize it's easier to communicate. Right, the language, yeah. you know. You don't have to go la-da-da-da-da-da-da and like, right, you know? <laughs> make weird noises until you figure out what you're talking about. Language barriers are yeah. serious. It <laughs> helps a lot if you can just go, yeah, A minor, one, five, four. And right, just, yeah. They already know what to do. Yeah. You know? you know. Or the difference between a six and a major key and a minor key. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, you don't want to hit the wrong one, it's yeah. a big difference, you know? <laughs> there was a cool, I, I felt like an idiot watching it, but there's a, once again, Victor Wooten video I saw recently of him talking about uh, the number of keys that there are. And he said, you know, how many keys are there? And in my head, it was like 12. You know, most people would say 12. And then some, he was like, no, that's actually wrong. He's like, remember, there's major and minor keys, technically. It's like, ah, so it's 24. He's like, nope, 30. And, it was just one, and he, he added it up, you know, showing that there, it was the, uh, the number of sharps and flats that are in, you know, there's only one key that has no sharps, no flats, and then you add up the, you know, each key, the number of sharps and flats all equals seven, seven plus seven plus the original one is 15, you double it and you have 30. It was just like, it blew my mind, right, and I never yeah. even thought about that. Yeah. You know? It's like, it makes you feel like such a beginner when you realize, you know, you think you know a lot, and then it's just, it's so much simpler and complex at the same time yeah you know no it, it can be as complex as you want it to be but yeah. i mean yeah it's like it's uh i guess complex is probably the best word it's not necessarily complicated it's just nuanced you know yeah and it you know i mean but that gets back to my point earlier like we're all at different phases of study and yeah you know education and hopefully everybody's like consistently trying to learn more and you know and still remember the old stuff that's always a challenge is to not forget the simple things that that's, that's still true. sound that's good that's a really good point you know like uh, yeah. who was the piano player who played with Frank Zappa who had a bad attitude about playing a part and Zappa famously said oh I'm sorry is this beneath you are those notes not good enough for you yeah. Uh, and he just did it anyway, you know, because it was just, you know, kind of like dun, 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 just a really simple bar chord or something. Uh, I'm sure Dr. Price at UAB would know. <laughs> yeah. He was the big Zappa fan. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, nothing's beneath you, but, the, you know, I love that the road goes both ways in that sense. You know, there's always more to learn, but 
don't forget either, you know. Right. You know, and that that brings up a really good point of like not forgetting just how to have fun with it. Yeah. Like before you knew any theory, you know, cause sometimes I'll sit down and write and, you know, I'll have one good idea and then I'll try and build on it by using some kind of theoretical concept or something. And right. it just sounds stale. Right. You know, so I'll wait for something else to naturally hit. That's not yeah. So something that comes from the gut, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. So forced through yeah. theory, you know. I can't tell you how many times I've said to uh, the Festival Expressions members, "Let's make sure we play music, don't work music." Yeah. You know. It, yeah. But it definitely requires work. But yeah, I know what sure. you, you got it. You got to remember to actually have fun with it. It's like you leave your ego and all the work at the door when you start playing. You know. Yeah. Just let go and enjoy it. You know, and I've discussed that with several people all the time, man. Gary Wheat and Mark Lanner and, you know, it, it's easy to, when you're doing it full time, just forget mm-hmm. about the fun. Yeah. You know, because people have bills to pay and, yeah, you know. Yeah, with, with almost anything, it's easy to, I mean, you don't want to be doing anything just for the money. Money's right. a necessity, you know, everybody needs it, but yeah. Uh, if that's your compass, yeah. you're gonna make the wrong decisions. And the way I've figured it out that works best for me is you have your gigs that are your, you know, what I call the cubicle. Mm-hmm. You know, your private events or your weddings or whatever yeah. the stuff that pays you. And then you got to have your art, like your creative stuff. Yeah, exactly. You, you don't want to get too psychedelic at a frat show and get experimental or whatever. You well, know? Y- yeah. Unless they want that, but. But it's like if you only do the money gigs, yeah. you never harness that creative side of right. your playing, you know. So it's important to have both, I think, to, I agree. to balance out. Yeah, sometimes weddings and stuff like that can actually be fun. Um, you guys are great at that, Tragic City especially, because you have all the jazz roots. So, like, I don't know, sometimes when you do certain, like, what was the... I guess it was a different kind of. It wasn't a standard wedding gig because it was. Uh, it was Drew, oh, wasn't Drew, it? Drew's yeah. wedding. Yeah. You guys set up for that and played for the kind of reception or whatever yeah. you call it. Uh, I don't know. That was. I enjoyed that. That was a great. It was day. Nice having a, a killer jazz band at a, a wedding reception. Yeah. Shout out to to Drew and Caitlin for having us there. Yeah. That was great. Drew Lormond is going to be in town for uh, widespread panic. Apparently. Oh, nice. This next weekend. Oh. I will be we're doing that. on the road. Oh, uh, really? That that whole weekend? Yep. Oh, okay. I was going to say we're going to be doing a sort of a private party show with some people. Um, cool. But you should, I was going to say you should stop by. But I be totally town, would. But don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say like where it is and stuff, depending on when this comes out. So I'll just not say so right now. But all right. it's not hard to figure out. Yeah. <laughs> so for all you people that want to get in on the know. Yeah. Talk to people who are in the know, man. You have to have Rand's number to figure out where the party's at. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'll be fun though. We got me and Beck and Davis, Daniel, Jason Grubbs, uh, Justin Sledge. Nice. Yeah, a few of us yeah. all just gonna throw something together so that all the widespread people after the show can come back and have a little private wind down concert. Yeah. You know, very cool, man. Yeah. I, I did want to ask you, I guess, like, uh, both, like, you mentioned a little bit about, like, your writing process and stuff like that. But as far as, do you have any, like, daily or weekly or any kind of, like, routines or exercises or 
you know, what do you do to like stay sharp or, you know, even non-musically, like, do you make sure you go, you know, exercise every morning or, you know what I mean? Is there anything that you feel like helps you be a musician? Yeah, you know, I mean, I used to be so much better about it than I am currently because uh, I used to really treat it like exercise. You know, like people mm-hmm. get up and go to the gym in the morning, you know, and I would get up and make coffee and then like sit down and, you know, have like 10 or 12 exercises that I'd run through with the metronome and stay sharp. But yeah. I don't really do that daily anymore, you know, because I teach so much. Well, with how busy you are, yeah, it's, that'd be hard to... Um, so I just try and find time, like, you know, whether it's before a lesson or during a lesson sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, like... I guess that would that helps a lot that you're teaching lessons because you end up running through mm-hmm. some basic exercises anyway, you know, depending yeah, on who you're yeah. with, I guess. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's good to go back and, you know, even if it's, like, a concept that, like, I could do with my eyes closed, yeah. it's, it's great to go back and really look at it... Uh, I never thought about instruction that way. Yeah. You know, and really be able to explain it to someone where they can understand it. And uh, That's really cool. I never even considered, uh, I mean, obviously I've considered teaching people how to play guitar, but it's always been like, eh, I don't know if I want to, you know, just as a job. But thinking about it in terms of you actually have to get better, you know, it's like you learn, uh, what's the phrase about you learn best when you teach or something or the best way of remembering something is to teach it. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, so that's that's interesting because yeah. that keeps you from forgetting the basics like we talked about, but also staying sharp, daily practices and stuff like that while helping younger people get better, hopefully. Right, yeah. yeah. Do you teach any older people? I do. Yeah? I teach, man, I teach people from age 7 to 70. Really? Yeah. Is it mostly guys or girls or... I'd say it's probably 70, 30 okay. male. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it, it's just, I don't know, it's wild. Mm-hmm. You know, seven-year-olds are so limited. Yeah. You know, but sometimes so are 70-year-olds, yeah. you know. They're, that's they got arthritis and stuff, yeah. you know, can't do it. But, you know, it. It's it's really fun to try and, be in tune with the teaching process because young people like that need a very structured kind of like intro to music and understanding music as to where older people, man, they, most of the time they come in, they're like, I want to be able to just sit on my back porch and play Jimmy Buffett songs. Like, (laughs) just show me how to do that. Yeah. You know, and. That's cool. You know. I bet that's a lot of fun. It is. Yeah. Was it the 70 year old that wanted to know how to play Jimmy Buffett? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. Do you like Jimmy Buffett? I like a certain era of Jimmy Buffett. Me too. Not the, like, cheeseburger in paradise. Me too, yeah. I like, yeah. Um, what's the, uh, mother, mother, ocean, mm-hmm. I can hear. That's, it's like. Yeah, Pirate some of the, at 40. Yeah, some of the best country music yeah. that's come out, I think. Yeah. But yeah, too many people think of the parrot heads uh, and come Monday, get discouraged. Come Monday yeah. is a great song. Oh, so good. Um, I used to think that was James Taylor for the longest time. Really? Because it just sounds like when I was little, you know, it just something about yeah, just on that one song, he sounds like James Taylor. I don't know why. Yeah. And um, I was reading this article about him too. That guy is a gazillionaire. 
Taylor or Buffett? Jim, oh yeah. Oh my god. He's he a owns, just such a good businessman. Just so smart. He like, owns like these hotels. Yeah. And, I mean, I knew he had the Margaritaville restaurants and stuff, but he, like a he owns a beer company. Oh oh yeah, he does um, Land Shark. Land Shark. Yeah, yeah it's not like, bad. It's just like a different take on Corona kind of. Yeah. It's good. But yeah, he's he's wild, man. Yeah. And uh. And he still is playing music, oh, too. Oh, he's killing it. And he's good. His band, the Coral Reefers. Yeah. <laughs> His band, yeah. man. They're so good. I mean, how can that not be fun? It's like, it, it's whether you be. like the music yeah. or not, like, I know. just the Jimmy Buffett, like, lifestyle. Exactly. Is fun. And I, I mean, fell he's in got love Mac with Mac it for a while. playing guitar. Yeah. Like, Mac McAnally is a beast. Yeah. You know? Now, they're, that's a surprisingly good band. It's one of those people, it's easy to overlook because of the scene that's associated with it, but don't. Yeah, yeah, it's for sure. And you I've can never over, been you, to a big show of his, but I would I would like to. Like you said, it looks like a blast. I've I've done it. Yeah. Because my wife is a huge fan. Oh nice. So she had to go <laughs> yeah. last time it came to Oak Mountain. And it's it's definitely an experience. Yeah. It's I want, definitely an I experience. I want to do the like the Key West or whatever, like the hometown oh, kind of show would be, you know? Yeah. That'd be where it's at. Now, I went to Key West one time on a cruise. It was like a stop off, like an afternoon stop at Key West, and then we kept going, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that was, like, what converted me from, like, a, you know, dark jeans and boots, and I don't want to wear shoot, uh, shorts and go out in the sun. I just want to play Led Zeppelin, you know? Yeah. And I went to Key West. That like, one afternoon was like, oh, man, I could do this. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm start listening to Jack Johnson, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> I'm going to drink some beer, hang out on the beach. Yeah, man. All the Bob Marley you can handle. Yeah, that's know, when I got like, into Marley. That's yeah, funny. yeah, Ben Harper, all of that stuff. Yeah, I'm such a beach bum at heart. So like that, I'll listen to all that stuff Hell when yeah. I'm on the beach too. I love it. Yeah, it's because it it it's uh it's very much like country music. You know, a lot of that. Uh, at least some of my favorite Bob Marley and I don't know. It's it's just Americana. You know, it's just good folk music with the. Happy undertone. Yeah, it's just good music, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it doesn't have it. to be put in a box. Exactly. You know. Yeah. But yeah. When when you're ready to do that Key West trip, let me know. I'll go. We should plan it. <laughs> That's something I really want to do. Is uh, you know, like I said, there's so many good musicians around Birmingham, and you know, like I was talking about, you know, I other places are appealing, but it's really hard to want to ever just permanently leave Birmingham. But some of the people that are here, I would love to put together some sort of uh, uh, what we named Festival Expressions after. Festival Express uh, it was a documentary they did about, uh, I think it was like the Grateful Dead, Bob Dylan, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. They all did a tour together on a train. So that's why it was Festival Express. Right, yeah. you know? uh, and they would go city to city and you know, jam on the train and stuff together and put together the sets for the next night. And then it was this big hodgepodge of, you know, mixtures of all the different artists and stuff. God, can you imagine that? Yeah, like wow. that was like, you know, the like the Barnaby Rudd show that we played. Mm. That was kind of like uh, the very, very first like experimental, you know, like, okay, so let's combine some of these people under that name or whatever. But then what if we could... Not necessarily even with that name, but just one day do something similar. You know, go yeah. down to, you know, the maybe do the, just the triangle that we were talking about before. You know, the Nashville, yeah, Atlanta, Birmingham, um, but just kind of showcase like Birmingham's best. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, 
it ended up being like 25 people if we really wanted to, <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But that'd be fun, you know. Get all get everybody's band tour, you know, kind of set up. And yeah. Get a string of shows put together. I don't know. That'd be a that'd be a circus, but try to document the whole process. That's what would be so. It'd really make it that much more worthwhile to have uh, all the audio and video from in between. Sure. You know. Yeah. I don't know, but that's a a dream of mine for one day. Cool. Maybe we can make it happen. Yeah. Who knows. Sounds awesome. Yeah, Key West is on my bucket list. I've never been. Yeah. So I want to go. Do you do you enjoy like traveling and yeah? Any places you've been that you would recommend people go? Oh man, uh, one of my favorite places is, and I'm pretty sure I saw you went there, Garden of Gods. Yeah. In Colorado in, Springs. In uh, Colorado Springs. Man, mm-hmm. That is a beautiful, yeah, beautiful place. Yeah, uh, it and just like the farther west you go from there, from those rock format, it just keeps getting yeah crazier and crazier until you're in Utah. And- right, and so yeah, you you did the thing. I've never been past Colorado. So, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Valley, or I'm sorry, I always I start to say Valley of the Gods, but Valley of the Gods is in Utah. Yeah, uh, Garden of the Gods, like we said, is in Colorado Springs, and it's awesome. Uh, Valley of the Gods, though in Utah is like if you were a bug at Garden of the Gods. You know what I mean? Yeah. Very similar kind of surrounding and everything, but it's all miles out around wow. you. And you're yeah. in this little, it's a 17-mile dirt road that does, it's not really a loop. It just kind of goes through a section of it and connects two different highways. Yeah. It takes like... I don't know, probably a couple hours to drive through it because it's just a bumpy dirt road for 17 miles, you know. But anybody can do it, you know. It's in like a, you can do like an RV and stuff. Like we saw, kind of a lot of people that we passed actually. Huh. But it is unbelievable. It's it's right around where they filmed. Uh, yeah, I've seen pictures of it before. Well, you know, was... like a Monument Valley and stuff from Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. That scene when he's like running, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually drove right down that road. It was really weird because it's like the exact image yeah. that you see from the movie. When you're coming up on it, but yeah, I love those like the Garden of the Gods rock formations and yeah, it just gets me going. The, man. the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen was uh, the Mayan ruins in Cozumel. Like Ooh. I can't remember it was so yeah. long ago. It's like 18 years ago. I can't that remember if it was cool. closer to Cancun or Cozumel, yeah. but we went for senior trip and that was pretty rad. That's awesome. Yeah, I suggest I'd love people to go see some Mayan check ruins. that out. Did you hear about the, uh, they just did some kind of laser, using some kind of laser technology, they're able to, uh, kind of like radar for, like, topography or whatever, and they realized in, I can't remember if it was Guatemala, somewhere in Central or South America, they they can basically see the remnants of an old city, like a civilized, like, you know, they had all yeah. these, like, wow. the pyramids and stuff in South America, apparently now using different technology, they've figured out that it's... You can zoom out basically and see that that whole area used to be a massive civilization. And there's a, I don't know what you'd call it. It's like a echo, like an echogram or something, hmm. you know? So it's like, sends some kind of laser pulse into the ground and it can measure, like it sees all the stones and all that's the cool. formations under the tree roots and everything that's grown up around it over the last like 5,000 years. But yeah, it just pushed back. You know, they thought it was like, Maybe these were built 5,000 years ago. And I was like, no, it turns out <laughs> there's 5,000-year-old civilization underneath it. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe this was longer than we thought. They found an iPhone down yeah. there. You guys thought you invented <laughs> uh, something. It's just an iPhone 1. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's a Zune. Throw it away. It's a Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, those were the best. You know, they still make those, the brick phones? They do. Yeah. yeah. Batteries last for like a week. Good theft deterrent. You know, <laughs> hit somebody in the face yeah. with it if you have to. So what are, what are your upcoming uh, gigs? I know you said you got, is it... You said this next week you're going back on tour? Yep. With Black Jacket Symphony? Yep. So I'm playing, Tragic City's playing tomorrow night at the Innisfree Irish Pub in Lakeview. Uh, Then Sunday I'm with a band called Bonus Round with Mark Lanner, who is my jazz band instructor at UAB. Okay. Playing the Mercedes Marathon like finale. Yeah. I guess it's like an after party for Mm -hmm. after the marathon. And then Tuesday, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Fat Tuesday, uh, Tragic City is going to be at Avondale for their big party. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. And then we're all we're doing a double header. We're also playing Marty's Late Night Ooh. for their Fat Tuesday party. That'll be a fun one. Yeah. So Tuesday is going to be wild, and then I might see you there for a patty melt. <laughs> Wednesday, jump on the bus, and it's off to Virginia Beach with Blackjack. Awesome. Yeah. I've never been to Virginia Beach. I haven't either. I've heard very good things, though. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Amanda's family used to travel there. And like, oh, really? That was like their uh, like family vacation spot, I think. Cool. Uh, and she said we got to go one day because it's apparently a really cool spot. Man, I'm just hoping the weather's good. We were in Charleston last weekend, and yeah. the weather was great. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. But then we left to go to Knoxville, and it dropped 45 degrees. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's the, that's the funny part about traveling yeah. so much. It's like, you know, you'll be in a beautiful place like Charleston and it's 70 degrees and then you'll wake up the next morning on the bus and you go outside and it's 19. Yeah. You know. Uh, the Especially around here, man, it just fluctuates so it's, much it's this bipolar. time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Bipolar, so what do you, what's so. your, are you guys in like a big bus? How mm-hmm. do you, okay. Yeah. Do you just like rent it or? Or I guess you got, I mean, Black Jacket Symphony probably just has your own bus by now. No, they don't. Really? Uh, they they use a charter. I can't remember who it is. Yeah, I was going to say, it's got to be a big bus to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's got 12 bunks. Okay. And then like a, like a lounge with couches. So we usually don't have more than 12 people on a trip because, I mean, that just gets crowded yeah. on a bus. Yeah. But if we had to have, you know, 13 or 14, there's enough room for it, but. Yeah, I guess yeah. logistics for anything past that just gets kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always like the the stupid guy who wants to hear the bus driver's stories, so I'll like stay up <laughs> yeah. late. And Man, I mean, Norm, the bus driver's driven for everybody, man. Yeah, like he's really? driven for Elton John's band. No He way. drove for Tedeschi Trucks' band. That's awesome. I like, got to go to Derek's house and like yeah. have a barbecue and stuff. Like, I mean, they, oh, you know, these awesome. guys just... They've driven all 50 states. They've yeah. got so many stories, you know. It's like That's crazy. So he's like a professional music bus driver? He was actually a, uh, what do you call it, like a, a big rig driver for oh, 20 years. okay. And then he got into uh, tours and bus driving, and now he's yeah. been a tour bus driver for 22 years. Wow. And he's driven everybody <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I what mean, a I niche kind of gig, everybody. you know. But he's driven lots of people, like uh, Chris Robinson's Brotherhood, uh, like I said, Tedeschi Trucks Band, Elton John's Band, 
Uh, who else did he say? I don't know. Anyway, that's awesome. It's a, it's a lot. I'd I'd be the idiot listening to his stories yeah. too. It'd be yeah. hard not to. Yeah. But That's then you'll awesome. like look up and it's five o'clock in the morning yeah. and it's like, oh man, I gotta go to bed. Yeah. I'm gonna do a show today. <laughs> so what's it like doing? I mean, I've, you know, I've played shows out of town and stuff, but never the consecutive, uh, or as many as consecutive, at least is what you're talking about, that far out of town. What's it like, you know, once you, I mean, do you get homesick or are you staying busy enough that it's fun, you know? and you know, it just depends. Probably so, a little of both, even. It's, it's a little of both. You know, if you're out for four or five days, you know, I mean, which is nothing compared to what some of these big bands yeah. do. You know, they're out for a month at a time, mm -hmm. you know. So they get way more homesick. But, you know, yeah, sometimes you get homesick. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it's very scheduled, you know, so that you don't really have time to worry about that. You know, you yeah. kind of get up and... Go in the venue, find your dressing room, shower, you know, maybe rehearse for a little bit, eat something, then it's load in time, then it's sound check time, then it's dinner time, then it's show time, then it's breakdown time. Yeah, and, it turns into a big, you know, it's just a it's, smear it's of a schedule. It's <laughs> yeah. just a schedule. You know, we're all at work and we yeah, have exactly. the same schedule every day. Yeah. So it's kind of what makes it fun. Just, yeah. You always got something to do and then. Before you know it, it's over. And yeah, but usually before noon, you know, it's like after 11 o'clock at night and before noon, you're not really doing anything. You know, we're off. So mm -hmm. it's fun to go explore like a new city that, that you've be never very been cool. to. Yeah, that's, a, that's always my favorite part of out-of-town shows. Yeah. Uh, the last time I played in Mobile, for example, it it made me consider, like, why don't we move to Mobile? This is, yeah. <laughs> you know, parts of Mobile are really nice. Oh, it's yeah, like it's you're just, on the yeah. beach, but you're kind of in Birmingham, it feels like, you know? Right, yeah. It's, it's a weird combination. Yeah, Mobile's of, got a good vibe to it. Yeah. You know what has a similar vibe that I never really noticed is Pensacola, Florida. Mm -hmm. I love Pensacola. It's got a great vibe. Yeah, it's like man. got a little kind of a colonial section and stuff where it's, it's yeah. like nicer than you'd think it would be. Uh, right, yeah. Also more... Just kind of feels like home, yeah. you know. It's not a, uh, it's not super. No offense to anybody who likes Gulf Shores, but it's it doesn't feel like Gulf Shores, right? You know, it's not a big flat, condominium laden yeah. area, which is more what I'm used to. My my dad's lived in Destin, Florida, for mm -hmm. seventeen yeah, years. Very similar, and I remember it before all this massive construction. Man, yeah. it's just gone nuts. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a shame. I still really like uh, when it's not spring break, Panama City Beach yeah. a lot, and Pensacola. They're yeah. probably two of my favorites. Just the beach is more natural, you know. Yeah. It's a little narrower. There's more curvature to it. A little more grass and trees, and yeah, I just, I prefer that. It's yeah, just, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah. When it's not spring break, though, it gets a little oh, crazy yeah. no. on that. Uh, whatever that main road is, ninety or whatever. The ninety-eight. Just the main beach road. Yeah, ninety-eight. It's ridiculous yeah. at <laughs> certain times of the year. I prefer, like, if you want to go at a cool time, like late September. Mm hmm. You know, that's a really cool oh, time it's gorgeous. to go. Uh, it's not too crowded. You know, yeah, a friend and it's of mine. It's still warm enough, you know, yeah. where the water's warm. Yeah, a friend of mine lives in uh, Gulf Shores, but just out, he's actually on the intercoastal waterway, mm -hmm. not like the beach stretch, you know, right. so he's a couple miles back. And then down the waterway a little bit, and that's where it's at. That's yeah. where if you're gonna 
if you're going to live near the Gulf Shores, Orange Beach kind of area, that's where you want to be because it's you're on the water. You know, you got waves brushing up against like right outside of your house. You know, but you just don't have all the crowds. And oh, that's that sounds great. like a dream come true. Yeah, that's what I want. Every once in a while, a barge comes through, and you know, you can shine a flashlight at it, and they'll flash you with their giant uh, yeah spotlight thing. That's it's, great. It will absolutely blind you. Yeah, that was. That's a really nice place down there. The I can't remember the name of it. It's uh, got some kind of French name, like Bio, Bayou something. Hmm. But it's a nice area. Yeah, I like Orange Beach. I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just more used to that Destin Miramar yeah. Beach area. Have you ever played the Hangout? I have. In Gulf Shores. Yeah, I love that venue. Yeah, that's a great. It looked cheesy when they first built it, you yeah. know. Uh, but that's a good stage. Oh, it was great. Um, we actually, Black Jacket actually did a double header down there two years ago oh. where Friday night was the Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon show and Saturday night was the Eagles Hotel California. Oh, very cool. So I had never gotten to see them do Dark Side of the Moon. So yeah. it was really cool that we were down there at the same time and I actually got to like hang out and watch the show Friday night and they did a really good job with it. Oh, so you weren't in it? No, I'm not on the Pink Floyd show. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would have thought for sure you'd be. So who's the like lead guitar? Uh, Dave Anderson. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, and guy named Patrick Himes from Ohio. Uh, and man, yeah, you know that's just a hard one to get in on because it was one of the first running shows. Mm-hmm. So the guys that were doing it back then, they don't, they're not giving it up. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. nobody's trying to get out yeah. of playing Pink Floyd. You know, exactly. yeah. <laughs> And it was such a good group. I mean, yeah. I mean, with that group of guys, that's... And if I could get in on it, like, yeah. don't get me wrong, I'll now, jump Dave, right in. You and said swim. Dave Anderson? Mm-hmm. Is that from Huntsville, mm-hmm. Dave Anderson? Yeah. Okay. Atlanta yeah. Rhythm Section, Dave. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he made a big impact in Huntsville. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of the other musicians, that they all still talk about him. Just, you know, no, he's there's a, a great whole generation guy, of people impersonating Dave Anderson. Great yeah. guy. He's awesome. Yeah. Same with, uh, for Birmingham, uh, oh, I can't think of his name. I'm an idiot. Uh, the Bunko Squad guitar player, Mark Kimbrell. Yeah. You know, he's he's one of those guys, too, just premier guitar player. Fre- you know? Freak of nature. Proud to have him around. Yeah. That kind of thing. Absolutely, man. You know, and there's several other guys like that. Like, I kind of feel that way about John Kalinich. John Kalinich. Yeah, who's that? Man, he's just this mad telly player around town. Okay, like, in Birmingham. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I mean, he's done lots of other stuff yeah. too. But yeah, he lives here. Uh, he's currently touring with Taylor Hicks, and then was playing. He was playing with Rick Carter for a while. Oh wow! Remember that band, Rolling in the Hay? Yeah. He was oh, part yeah. of that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there, there's there's a few guys. It's crazy around. how it is. It, like it always comes full circle back to somebody else, and it's. Yeah. I love the network of. You know, my old teacher Carlos Pino is just such a bad, bad cat when it comes to jazz. Like you know, I love hearing him play jazz. Because <laughs> it's how I wish I could play jazz. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, speaking of, uh, God, did you happen to read that uh, Quincy Jones interview? That I think Rolling Stone or something. I was put tagged out. in it. I have not had a chance to read it yet, but I heard it's yeah. You got to check that nasty. out. I'm, I'm losing my train of thought now. I can't remember why I wanted to bring it up, but uh, something you just said made me think of it. But 
yeah, uh, definitely give that a read. I heard um, he throws a lot of people under the bus. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> a, oh, yeah, I can't remember what it was now. I'll probably remember as soon as we change the subject. But, uh, yeah, there's some crazy shit in that article. It's, uh, it's, uh, uh, I know there's a couple things, like he talks about Michael Jackson just straight stealing riffs. From, yeah, uh, my wife told me about that. Uh, and that Donna he, Summer and some other people, I think. And that um, he like never wrote anything original. Something. I, I don't know if he necessarily said that verbatim, but yeah. there was some yeah uh, people who helped him out writing the C section for a hit song. Never got the ten percent they were supposed to get, and you know just some little things like Ouch. that. And, uh, Ouch. Yeah, crazy stuff about like Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor, and yeah, there's. Oh, the funniest thing from a recording perspective, you all just got done tracking, so you would appreciate this. Uh, there was a funny story. Apparently, all the people who did We Are the World, you know, yeah. the, all the different singers, uh-huh. um, apparently there was this rumor that the rockers uh, didn't really like the song, you know, and they wanted to spruce it up or something. And it turned out it was actually just Cindy Lauper's manager, because it was Cindy Lauper that had a problem with the song for some reason. Uh, but the manager came over and said, you know, the, all, all the rockers, you know, don't really like the song. And apparently Quincy went over to Bruce Springsteen and all the rockers and, yeah. you know, asked him about it. And they're like, no, we think it's great. And turned out it was just Cindy Lauper. And it was really just she was the only one causing problems because apparently, uh, how did Quincy put it? He was like, he was like, her damn bracelet wouldn't quit banging on the microphone. And like, she had so much jewelry and stuff on that she was messing up every time they would try to get the tracking done. It was jing, like, you'd hear jangling in the microphone yeah. and it would mess up the vocal track or whatever. And it's just, that's the kind of stuff nobody thinks about. It's funny that her even manager, a superstar can, is, her manager considers her a rocker. Because yeah. I certainly don't. <laughs> I <know. Like. laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, it's. You've never been like, man, like, I love rock music. You know. Who's your favorite? Cindy Lauper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know, like her, Bruce, all the good. Joan Jett. Yeah. Heart, <laughs> you know. Art, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, funny. But it's a great article, man. Yeah. I'm going to make it a point to sit down and read that today. Yeah. There's a few. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I'll just let you read it. It's it's interesting. There's a. Anyway. But. Uh, well, just so people know, I get, how can how can people reach you and whatnot and get in touch with you or hear your current problem? Like, I, I'm not that familiar. I know of Black Jacket Symphony. Yeah. But, like, is there a way to listen to, like, where do I hear live recordings and stuff, you know? Man, there are so many on YouTube. YouTube? All you have okay. to do is YouTube Black Jacket Symphony. Cool. And, I mean, there's stuff from 2010 up till now, yeah. you know, just from... You know, maybe some that we have produced ourselves, uh, and then just hundreds from fans. But awesome. the the most current one that was produced by Black Jacket was uh, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Ah, with this guy Mark. I can't remember his last name, but man, you want to talk about somebody that sounds like yeah. Freddie Mercury? Oh yeah. We'll we might give that a listen after we're done here. Awesome. Like it's killer. Yeah, that guy is just. Outstanding. I would love to check that out. Yeah, yeah, but then the same same with everything else. You know, you can find Tragic City at our website, tragiccityband.com, or on Facebook, Instagram. You know. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Same with Black Jacket. Yeah, and the Eat a Peach is that any like main 
Is that is that just kind of like a side thing or? Man, that's funny. This is actually our tenth year as well. Tenth year. Wow. Yeah. God. Uh, it is, and everyone in it is a member of Black Jacket, so really? we don't get okay. we don't get to do it a whole lot, right? Yeah, um, but we do have a our annual spring show May eighteenth at Avondale. Uh, we just played a show in Montgomery. Uh, shout out to the guys that live and listen. Thank you for having us. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, we we do it as much as we can. We're actually playing in Florida April sixth. Grayton Beach area, uh, Grayton Brewing. Uh, but yeah, we love doing it, man. I mean, the, the Allman Brothers tribute thing was like a high school kind of idea. Yeah. And we never did it because everybody moved off and went to college. Right. And so when Matt Casey, our other guitarist, moved back from Belmont, and I moved back after I was lost in life and <laughs> needing some direction. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You know, we just got together, and what was funny is, like, my jazz band instructor at the time wound up mm. being Mark Lanner, and he was like, shit, Allman Brothers? I'm yeah. all over it. And <laughs> yeah. so my professor at UAB yeah. joined the band. That's awesome. You know, and, you know, wow. it's, it's been, you know, Mark, Branson, Peyton, and uh, Matt Casey and myself ever since. We had another Very drummer. Cool. We did the double drummer thing for a oh, while okay. to try yeah. and be authentic. Mm-hmm. Our buddy Matt Kramer played drums, but that's just so hard to travel with. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know. I know. And and Mark has the knack of sounding like two drummers mm. at once. Yeah. He just can really do that Butch Truck style so yeah. well that, you know, it's just Kind of out of necessity, we were kind of like, yeah, yeah, we can't do the double drummer thing all the time, unfortunately. I'd love yeah. to, but... Yeah, I know what you mean. They're, we wanted to do the double drummer thing for that Barnaby Red show, actually. And yeah. it was, as soon as I talked to Davey, I realized it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sound guys it hate just, it. Yeah, you know? there yeah. was literally not enough room on the stage, not enough microphones. Not enough inputs. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. it gets really complicated yeah. really fast. <laughs> you, you'll become... Any venue's least favorite band oh, when know. you send an input list that has two drum yeah. sets. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are, the fucking Almond Brothers? Yeah. Oh, that's uh. that's Davey. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't going for that, but <laughs> that's Davey all day. In case he's listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love you, Davey. Love you, Davey Moore. He probably wouldn't listen to my podcast. I hope he would, but anyway. <laughs> uh, I'll tell him you mentioned him, and he'll listen. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so uh, any future, you know, plans, goals, like personal life stuff? You going anywhere, doing anything fun? Man, I mean, this this year is just, man, it's it's traveling. Yeah. You know? Sounds like you're busy. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea where Black Jacket will take me in the fall, mm-hmm. you know, but I mean, you know, Eat a Peach has got a North Carolina date. In July, I'm excited to get up there. Um, it's in Cashers, North Carolina. Um, you know, so just traveling, man, just yeah. doing the band. I mean, the, the major goal is to get this Tragic City record out and, yeah, you know, get going with it, you know. I mean, I love playing covers. Right. You know, who doesn't? Yeah, there's something though about the original stuff. You know, yeah. It's like, man, I, you know. That's what it's all about, really, in a lot yeah. of ways to me. It's, yeah. a, it's our art. Yeah. Let's get exactly. it out there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, the covers you gotta pay tribute. It's fun. You know, everybody enjoys it. But yeah, the 
you got to keep contributing, you know, not just tribute, but contribute, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. put in your own two cents and keep stirring the pot, you know. Absolutely, man. So, yeah, that that's the big goal for this year is to get that out there and maybe get into some festival circuits. Yeah. And you, you guys know. would do great in, uh, yeah, some of these, like, uh, you know, something like Locken, where it's like a totally different, like something to balance out a little, you know, like. That, that's, that one's. A little further down the road, I the, think. The you taste the wise, oh, I know, I know. Man. But I mean, taste wise, like as opposed to, uh, I don't know, like some of the New Orleans things. You know, it's like it would yeah. just get lost in all the horns yeah. and all the funky. Oh, and, yeah. You know, there's so many dumpster yeah. funks and just that New Orleans funky jazz sound. I feel like is almost just way oversaturated in, in the festival scene a little bit. My, but Tragic Fest. City's like, yeah. But Tragic City's like right on that line of not quite that New Orleans sound, but No. Original and but you can sound like that, you know. So right. I feel like y'all would do well balancing out. I don't think uh, we've ever tried to like have a specific vibe. No, or exactly. Not, yeah. You know? It's definitely like funky. Because mm -hmm. we like you know, funk music. Yeah. But at the same time, it's got a lot of jazz roots, and there's some hip-hop roots, yeah. you know. Yeah, I you mean, guys get real psychedelic, real jazzy, and very hip-hoppy a lot of the time. Yeah. That's what was most surprising. The first few times I saw you was, I don't know, especially like Martin, seeing him. Just, yeah. Well, man, he'll tear it up. Like, Mar Martin, he gets dirty on the synthesizer and stuff. You know, it's funny. That's what a lot of people don't know about us is that, like, Martin and I really like hip hop yeah. a lot, you know, and grew up on that, you know, and so That's that was cool. one of the things where I was like, "Oh, damn, yeah, you like Outkast, <laughs> yeah. Biggie, and stuff, you know, yeah, like, you know." So, who's, yeah. who's your favorite uh, hip hop artist right now, or do you listen to anybody right now? Yeah, man, like, modern. Uh, I mean, my favorite guy, I guess, is Talib Kweli, mm -hmm. and he's just. He knows how I'll to put, second that. He yeah. knows how to put those words together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What one of the I used to not really be that big of a fan of uh most hip hop, really, but to uh it's Lib Quali and Most Def, like the Black Star. Oh man, that stuff. I mean it's just Black Star totally stuff turned is... me on to it. And it like from that it was like the that was like my Google Translate and it was like from there I was able to like start right. learning more, yeah. you know. Uh but yeah, yeah it's I love to Lib Quali. That yeah, he's great, man. He's a, and most deaf too, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, Talib's just a fine lyricist. Absolutely, I hear a lot about uh, uh, Quincy Jones actually even mentioned uh, Kendrick Lamar and Chance the Rapper. Yeah, I've heard Kendrick's. Uh, is that his first album? I guess that's so popular right now. Or I don't know. Either way, I've heard yeah, he, I've heard he, Kendrick, he has but not. A new uh, one. I've never heard Chance. Apparently he's really good. But. Yeah, I watched Kendrick Lamar's like Austin City Limits show last year, and man, oh, it I didn't was know he raging. had one. Yeah, yeah, it was I need good. To check that out. Yeah, his band's killer. I, I'm real into like some of these guys, like Bruno Mars. Mm -hmm. That's somebody else. Quincy mentioned band. actually. Yeah, man, the band is just so killer. Yeah, it's like you know, if, if you don't like Bruno's voice or you know whatever, you can at least. Yeah, appreciate definitely. the damn band because the band is just hot. Didn't he do the Super Bowl show last year or something? I'm not sure if it was last year. He did maybe one. a year before last. Yeah. I can't remember when it was, but yeah, yeah, it was him. And he's like, legit. Yeah, he seems like just maybe a pop star at first glance, but 
it's surprisingly good. But like you said, the band is killer. Oh yeah. Was it? He works with uh, Mark Ronson. I think is his name. The producer. Yeah, I think Apparently, so. Apparently, he's like a, a really good producer. He, Quincy Jones mentioned him yeah. in that article too. Specifically. Oh no, yeah, I mean, he he scooped up. I think six, seven Grammys. Wow. This time. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's some. It's clean re- house. It's really easy to say like whatever's on the radio or whatever's popular is not any good, you know. And it's uh, it's all you know, jazz is where it's at or blues or whatever you're into, but. I feel like we're kind of going through a second wave of golden era of music, or we're coming into it, maybe. Yeah. You know, like everyone thinks of the 60s and 70s for a lot of things, but uh, I feel like the popular music is getting a lot better. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, and people just love to hate mm-hmm. stuff. I'm guilty of it, too. I mean, like you when know. I first heard of Chris Stapleton and saw the picture of him with his long beard and cowboy hat, it, you know, my first thought was not, Oh, I'm probably gonna like this guy. You know, it's like go figure, another one. Yeah. But then you hear him sing and play, and it's like, wow, this is on country music radio right now. Like it's, yeah, it's kind of no. hard to deny when some. You know, same thing with uh, certain Justin Timberlake songs. I think are really good. It's the closest thing to Curtis Mayfield that's around right now. Um, yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I love Curtis. Yeah. But yeah, you know, with Jason Isbell too. Um, you know, yeah, it's Jason Isbell. He's great from to Birmingham, see them winning Grammys. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if he's from Birmingham or if he's from uh, North Alabama. I think he's from North Alabama. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, but yeah, he's he's on the up and up, man. He's just killing it. Yeah, you know? and it's it's great. He's so gifted. You know, yeah. It's good to see people getting recognized for their gifts. You know, it's not just. Especially from there's a lot of people from Alabama. It's not just you know right now too. Florida Georgia Line. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Eric Church. You know. Yeah. Jason Aldean, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, man, I gotta listen to some more Jason Isbell. I've only heard uh, one album by his, but that's somebody that's always recommended. And uh, who's uh, Drew? Just told me Fela Kuti. He said mm-hmm. I need to listen to more of him. I really, yeah. I haven't heard anything. Man, there's this great new guy too named uh, Tyler Childers. Man, he's Tyler a, Childers. Yeah, hell of a writer. Yeah, yeah. If you're just into that, like one guy with a guitar mm-hmm. and a story, you know. Okay. He's like kind of country or yeah. Okay. Folky. Yeah. Country. Yeah. Cool. Somebody who, uh, I mean, I'm, I know he's got like a band with him, but. As far as like surprising people that I've come across, that do you remember Hozier, mm-hmm. the guy who did Take Me to Church? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've told him about. I've told so many people about him. Uh, if any of those people are listening, I'm sorry. To, he's saying it again, <laughs> but uh, I can't tell you how good his first album was. He he did like an EP with like two or three songs on it, and then he put out just a self-titled album with like 14 or 15 tracks, and. Uh, I mean, all the whole album is great. It's different, like but the songwriting's good. Music. I mean, it's parts of it are really bluesy. He's like uh, Irish or something like that. I want to say, hmm. but he was obviously inspired by like John Lee Hooker and people like that. But he's got a really strong uh, kind of Celtic folk Irish background too. I know. And the combination of the two combined with sort of a modern sound. You know, it's yeah. like I can't really think of people who sound like him. Cool. You know, and it's really good. I mean, as out of the last two or three years, I'd say he's like my favorite new artist. You know, like new on the scene, and he's really only—I think he's only got the one album and 
want to say he did a song for like the Tarzan movie or something like that. I don't know. But uh, yeah, first Hocher album was great. Cool. And then uh, uh, I can't think of the song. Ar- Arsonist Lullaby, I think was on the EP. That's hmm. a good one too. But I'll play it for you when we're done with this. It's, it's just a good sound. It's like if an Irish dude was like John Lee Hooker and, you know, had a yeah, hip hop cool. drummer rad. behind him yeah. and some chick playing uh, like violin and singing every once in a while and really good songwriting. There's one song about, uh, it's like the two of them singing together, the girl and he, and it's a song about them dying together in a field and how the bugs eat them and then the, the wolves have their part and the foxes have their part and then they return to the soil and you know when you first hear it it's like what is this song about and wow but it's a really cool like it's kind of a metaphor it's kind of just yeah. a straightforward song but things like that it's i like hearing artists that make you think you know absolutely it's not just you know funky yeah. and that's it you know <laughs> There's a little more to it. Meet me down by the back road. Yeah. We're going to have a beer yeah. on the dirt road. Uh, it reminds yeah. me, Ham Bagby was playing at uh, Little Italy's. He did some kind of song. I don't know if it was the motherfucker song or what, but uh, it was doing something just impersonating shitty country songs, basically. Yeah. It was like, you know, you got your blue jean baby in your pickup truck. <laughs> <laughs> something, something. Like, I don't give a fuck about your, you know, shitty lyrics. Yeah. Something. <laughs> I'd never seen him live either, man. He he kills it. He's got a good sense of humor. So many like. people around here are just yeah, so talented. I don't know. Yeah, that's great. Uh speaking of which, I was hoping we could jam a little bit before you left today. Maybe just like one or two acoustic songs or sure. something to uh, I don't know, get a little something in. Yeah, but we can take a short break. Maybe think of something, jam a little bit, and try to record it. And okay. Jump back into it in just a minute, maybe. Sounds good. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right, and we're back. I should, yeah, this is working. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we got a little idea we figured we'd play for you. Um, I got this new song idea called Risky Wheel, or Risky Wheels. I'm not really sure what to call it yet. But, uh, yeah, so like I was saying, I thought I'd let people in on kind of part of the process of, you know, writing songs and stuff, so... Pretty much got most of the words sorted out and the uh, the composition or whatever, but it's still kind of brand new and uh, yeah, figured we'd just see what it sounds like sure. doing a little little almondy type of I mean what you were just playing basically okay. it, it sounded yeah. great yeah. All right, so we'll give it a shot. This thing's called Risky Wheel. Here we go.
feeling like someday we're gonna die Oh, ain't that frightening, frightening, dear So let it idea phase you know but uh never been played before yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah i forgot your microphone's on the other side of the room still but uh well yeah that was, was fun. fun yeah kind of an upbeat one still working out the kinks but yeah man i love that your sound on that uh so jazzy ah yeah i'm just i love it playing stuff <laughs> it's great man you got any more you want to do Messing around, what was I messing around with earlier? Be good just to jam on. Uh, was it the uh, must have? Uh, it was like must have been the right place, must have been the wrong time.
right place. <laughs> Must have been the wrong time. <laughs> oh, and I wish I knew more of these words now. Smooth plan. Fun plan. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Will actually had to run. Had to take care of a little bit of business. So uh, we didn't bother with the official wrap up or whatever. But anyway, thank you so much to Will for coming by. I had a great time talking to him. Uh, and I can't wait to hear Tragic City's new album. Apparently, you know, March be looking out for that uh if you don't know tragic city please look them up uh such a good band check them out on facebook uh twitter instagram whatever it is that you use look up tragic city eat a peach that's the almond brothers uh tribute band that he's a part of and then also black jacket symphony of course if you happen to be in the virginia beach area apparently they're gonna be playing sometime soon Check them out. Black Jacket Symphony, Eat a Peach, Tragic City, Will Cash. Don't pass it up. Thank you guys so much again for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, I'm going to try to keep these coming. I got a few more lined up, so hopefully we'll continue to uh, keep doing these. Hopefully they're fun, and hopefully they continue to improve. Like I said, I'm still, I'm still kind of a beginner at this, trying to start things back. But I sure appreciate the listener support. Thank you for all the positive comments and uh, all the help that everyone's been giving me over the years. So I really appreciate it. Everybody take care of each other. Have a great day. And I'll catch you next time. All right? Love you guys. Bye.